Television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers of Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And today, you guys, we are we we sometimes say we're joined by special guests, but it's really special guest time. It's very exciting. We are joined by today by the creators of High Maintenance. Hey guys. Hi. And so then <laughs> do maybe you want us to introduce ourselves. I'm Katya yeah. Blickfeld. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Ben Sinclair. Great. It's us. Yeah, you did it. Hooray. <laughs> And it's been it's been such a pleasure watching this show evolve and grow over the years. I've covered it back in the, even the pre Vimeo days, and now the Vimeo, and then the Vimeo days, and then of course the HBO days. And I mean, from your perspective, is that a journey you ever foresaw? No, not at all. You been? You know, uh, I, I got I want to say something witty, but it's not going to come. <laughs> <laughs> there will be something witty later, but not on this one. Yeah, no, the answer is no. No, we really didn't have much of an outcome attached to uh, to our efforts initially. Mm-hmm. You know, we just wanted to we wanted to make something together with our friends. Ben wanted to get a little tape for his acting reel, as we say, and uh, it was kind of one of those situations. We just wanted to do something that didn't have any stakes really attached. So it was very surprising to us like what happened next. Well, you mentioned your friends, and I think one of the things that's been so fascinating about the show is the fact, the fact just the amazing level of cast and the, the people you found before they were you know, going to become a big deal, which is exciting. I was just re-watching like, uh, the original Heidi short, uh, and it was like, oh, Greta Lee, there you are. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, it, you know, initially we didn't have to reach that far. Russell Gregory, our third EP, he, he was a, he's a talent manager. And he had a small but very interesting, eclectic roster of people that we luckily really liked a lot. And so we knew how we could get in touch with them. <laughs> and they were all, you know, willing to work for free. So we all, I mean, we were really lucky that we had such a high caliber. Like, look at Helena York, I think, is another oh, yeah. huge standout for me. And She's amazing yeah. on the other two. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. Really it's it's like else. so exciting to watch. Uh, for us, and you know, just knowing her all this time. I think Cat Cohen will be a big thing. I do too. Yeah, it's gonna. It's probably, probably one of the best parts of this job is to just, if we have the honor of being these people's first, like you know, stable character or even appearance on television now with HBO. That's really exciting. Yeah. Well, I was reading one of uh, like an, like an old interview. I think when the HBO when the first season came out on HBO that talked a little bit about how. Like the the people you knew already, you might write some episodes for. Like you might Definitely. be like, listen, we we know how to like elicit the best reaction from them or the best uh, acting from them or the best performance by going through this process. Uh, do you still get to do that? Like, yeah. do you still like do you write for specific people? Do you write for people you don't know? Like, how does that process work for you? I mean, it's definitely a lot less of writing for specific actors, much to my dismay. I think that's something we actually are talking about all the time. Like, how do we get back to that where we can you know, know that we're writing for specific people. I mean, we did, we've been doing it, but it's more with the recurring people at this mm-hmm. point. Like, th- those are the ones that we have the luxury of sort of yeah. knowing about while we write. We got backed into a corner with one episode this season, and we just invited all the recurring people that we worked yeah. with before. We were like, oh, they'll, they'll come, right? You know. Well, it was also just fun to sort of yeah. do, just have like a free-for-all Lollapalooza, whatever, <laughs> moment of, like, who do we love? Like, who are the favorites? And... We 
were like, we can justify reasons for them all to be here. Like, no problem. Was that was that the episode Breathwork? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, because I, I that was one of my favorite aspects of it was like, oh, even that person yeah. was deaf, like that one small character, like. The cop with the uh, the fingernail clippings is in that episode. Oh, really yeah, from like He's the, the web cop series. in the car. He pulls up in the car. It's, yeah, there's a lot of little treats there. Yeah, we by the time we were making that episode, we kind of I think we we remembered that the point of this was to have fun, and we just kind of were trying to play and amuse ourselves. And I think that was it's it's really all we, the community that is has built around this show is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice that when we see people become friends or do projects together, uh, it's like, it's, we, you were just telling, it's not fresh anymore because we just said it in another interview, but we had, <laughs> this uh, happens. Katya and I had one night had the very same dream about a precocious child in her dream he was very muscular it was a muscular infant in mine who could uh, walk and talk like an adult and mine was like a, like a four-year-old with like light eyes and light hair who, who was very smart very precocious <laughs> and that's I guess what the show is it's our uh, we Must literally had a similar dream, like on the same night, is yeah. what Ben's trying to say. <laughs> and it felt, I don't, I'm not that? sure, but it was, yeah, it was the same night, and it now feels kind of. I got prophetic. a case of the afternoons in LA. <laughs> right it's kind of dragging me. No, but but it, it has been cool that like we're really close with a lot of the people that we work with because they were doing it for free back <laughs> in the day, and uh, and even I don't know. I think about Russell, who I just mentioned, our our other EP is like the godfather of our cinematographers, you know, child, you know, they're also good friends, obviously, but like this, this was sort of like a, a, a cool space for a lot of us like-minded people to meet up and sort of forge these really meaningful bonds. So that's like, that's the cool bonus in all of this. It's like, yeah, it's cool. We have jobs now, but we did, we did build this like cool collective of people that it feels like when they go do these other jobs you know like it, we feel like personally invested and like are rooting for them and um, it's, it's exciting a lot of people on the other two worked on our show like yeah on the crew, crew side yeah yeah there's a lot of crossover there yeah actually it's funny um one thing i was noticing watching the new especially new episodes but just looking back i you know i was like there are a lot of oranges and new black people here yeah and mdb has a feature that lets you search um like like literally like do a collab you know who's collaborated and there were 50 overlaps between wow. the high maintenance cast and crew and uh oranges wow. and new that black makes sense I mean, is it, but there's no, like, I couldn't figure it's not out any. on purpose, no. Yeah. I mean, we're close friends, not close, we're, we're we know pretty Genji. good friends with Genji. Right. Right. She's got good taste in yeah. people, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she has a very, uh, she empowers a lot of people also. I mean, like, the sheer size of that cast is like, yeah, because, like, she's giving them all the jobs. Like, every, <laughs> every, she's like a law and order institution in her own way. In yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, that's an interesting crossover, too. Well, when you when you start like when you start writing season three, like when you're starting to break those episodes, I, I mean, I feel like with a lot of shows, they kind of know where to begin because they're following like a very right. straightforward narrative. They know like they set something up, and now they're going to follow through on it. Yours is so open ended; like there's so many possibilities for what you can do. How do you start? Like, what's your mechanism for like this is where we're gonna go? I mean, 
it's really overwhelming, actually. Sorry, I didn't me. mean to bring no, any sense to No, not like that. It, but like you say, like the possibilities literally feel endless the way we've set this up. It really, it can go so many ways and it can have so many different tones and, you know, we can literally plug any kind of story in. We, there's a way to do it. So I think... Yeah, I think we kind of gather all of our tones first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we think like, about how we want the season to feel. Yeah, yeah. And then we kind of gather observations and anecdotes, and then we kind of mix that all up into a big soup, <laughs> and whatever congeals, <laughs> curds up. That's the episode. Yeah. Well, and also, it's been cool. This season, I think we formalized a lot more of our writing process. If you heard that, that was Ben's back <laughs> cracking. We should have given you a different chair. <laughs> no, it's okay. no, no, it's not at all. He just has a really loud back. Um, <laughs> This season, we sort of formalized our writing process, I think, a little bit more in the sense that, you know, we had little assignments that we did and put people on, like, these sort of urban field trip types of things where, you know, you'd go out to, like, a specific spot and observe some uh, the crowd for a couple of hours and write, you know, spy. write, yeah, basically spy, spy on people <laughs> and write down things that you found no- notable or funny and overheards and things like that and then we would all come back to the room and like share the our favorite ones and riff on those and it was just like it was fun to sort of bring that into just us telling stories about you know our lives well I feel like with New York especially I've been there and you'll just like see somebody on the street and like like last time I was there I was like saw a guy with like six dogs and a baby carriage and you just want to know what the story is. Yeah. Why why does that guy have so many dogs and a baby carriage? Right. Well, he's probably a dog walker <laughs> who maybe had to also watch his kid that day yeah. or Yeah, it's just like but yeah, it's like that you know, it's just the question of the story what Oh yeah, I and I that's where our minds immediately go too and that's why it's cool to have a TV show y'all cuz you can put those <laughs> things on a in a script and well, get and get paid. But it's just like, you know, we're not a multi-camera show. There's no set. There's like it's there's uh and it's also I think that you and I both have a, a bent towards social responsibility. We're also thinking about like what does the world is this going to improve the culture at all? Is yeah, like, gonna... do we need to say this? Yeah. Like the, yeah. So <laughs> it's also, it's like mixing our intention with our attention <laughs> and making sure that where we're putting our intention might be received. Like, you know, I, I don't want to bring it up too much, but we killed a cat this episode, this season and someone people got really upset about it's, it. It's a rough scene. People got really upset about that cat dying. And it's weird. You can like, you can watch a shooter scene on a medical show. You can watch all this stuff, like really violent stuff on TV. But when high maintenance kills a cat, people are like, you know what? You guys are cruel. That was really messed up. And it's just, it's interesting. Our our attention, I guess, wasn't focused on what that might do to a view. Or maybe it was. I don't know. I certainly didn't want to make anyone squirm. But... Yeah. You did it? I mean, <laughs> That's sort of your thing, isn't it? <laughs> Wait. Yes, I did. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're correct. I'm going to call. Yeah, you yes. can call bullshit on that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I... It's... it's We definitely... We didn't used to think about our fans, and more me than you. I, like, listen and, and like, look at how people's reactions are to episodes. And it's like... Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> 
it's like uh, maybe maybe it's not important. Maybe it's important. I think it's probably not good for my personality disorders that I currently have going on. But it's probably really good good for like trying to make sure we're making stuff that isn't just piled on top of all stuff that everybody's already saying about yeah. everything. Yeah, we live in a noisy landscape for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, to go along with that, I mean, the especially since you've been on HBO and, you know, your first season was debuting on Fridays kind of late at night. This season you've got the, you know, the Sunday night time slot. Have you noticed any sort of kind of um, either an increase in awareness or an increase in reactions or... Uh, like There's a, been a decrease in cat owners recently, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, there's more mainstream people. Okay. Uh, getting in touch with the show and it's funny because I'm often surprised that like there are very uh, that people are uh, caught off guard by how deep it goes and how sad it goes and I think there's actually been a surprising amount of uh, positive response to that from the mainstream crowds on the Sunday nights side but I was bummed when we got moved to Sunday a little bit I liked being like the weirdos on the late night Friday night you know like I'm still weird for sure but I feel like oh I just am very intimidated by the Sunday night time slot of it all I just feel like there's like this expectation that goes with it and well we were like kids in the hall when they were doing their show they were working out of Toronto and there was no HBO executive Mm -hmm. presence out there and they were doing their own weird thing on Friday nights too really late at night and that felt that felt right for us, definitely. But this is like, you know, I feel I feel good about this season. I went into this season saying, this isn't our best work, but this is still good. This isn't our best work, though. And feeling, like, comfortable about, like, not always hitting it out of the park. And some episodes are stronger than others. And, and like, you know, I would rather uh, spend my creative effort on making something good great instead of making something that inherent inherently has flaws from the from the very kernel of an idea but that's why it's been cool to do it this long is to be able to have perspective yeah yeah, to be like oh you know no not every single one can be like the most amazing you know there's going to be standouts always and and that was always the case and it's just like why does it matter more now i don't know it shouldn't we're not killing ourselves over it yeah (laughs) Well, there's also a, I've always found that there's a value in kind of the surprising aspect of these kind of stories, like the ones where you don't know that you're going to be watching the same set and the same characters yeah. and the same story every week. Just the kind of, I don't know where this is going can be a really alluring aspect of television these days. And I, don't, I mean, I feel like high maintenance fits that very well, along with you know the old Friday night pairing of Room 104, which has like a new thing every time. Like mm-hmm. there's that weirdness factor, but it's also just kind of nice to sit back and be like, I don't know what's going to happen this week, but the tone, like you talked about, is something that, you know, you can kind of rely on. Mm-hmm. So, um that was just a rant. That was a rant. <laughs> I liked it. Well, I mean, I do want to go back, though. You know, you say this isn't necessarily your best work. Do you I, do you mean that in the sense of you look at older episodes and you're like, oh, I feel like th- th- those were stronger? Or do you feel like you're, do you feel like there's just, you know that you're, ca- you feel capable of doing something beyond what, what this currently is? It's both of those things a little bit. More the latter, I think. Just, you know, it's impossible. We're never satisfied anyway. Like, that was always the case. Like, even when we were doing it, quote, unquote, for fun, it mm-hmm. still was... You know, the kind of thing we would watch our work and be like, oh, this and this and seeing missed opportunities and, you know, uh, things that maybe fell short. 
so I think it's a lot that is just, you know, for being these like stoners who <laughs> like are very maybe hang loose about a lot of things, like we are very perfectionistic. Blessed and, unrest. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a lot that, but it is also, you know, come on, like there's such a difference between something that's just inspired versus something that is, you know, it's creativity on demand. Yeah, Someone on ordered demand. episodes and you have to produce something and like that. I think it's rare that those two things can be of equal excitement or have that same result. You know, I think yeah. that's, that is the thing I've heard people say like, Oh, I miss the webisodes. Like those are the best ones. And yeah, I think they were in a lot of ways, like and not, not in any of the technical filmmaking ways, but maybe just in the sense that they, there wasn't an agenda and there wasn't like a contract they on the other end. They were spontaneous yeah. and yeah. But in, I think the, the, the Vimeo season, which they paid for, and uh, the first HBO season was us learning how to do it all, at the, so many yeah. stories at the same time, because we would do one a weekend and then take the rest of the month to work on it. Yeah, we didn't have some sort of like writing discipline or like <laughs> yeah, any yeah. experience in like a writer's room or, you know, we were really just figuring it out. Well, when you look back at your at your favorite episodes or the ones that stand out to you, is it something where you kind of always knew, like when you had the idea and it clicked and you're like, that's going to be the one? Or was it something where you kind of worked through the whole process and then look back on it and are like, that's, I think that's one of them. I think that's one of the, no, one of the favorites. No, I know very, very clear for okay. me which ones are the ones that are like the good ones. That, that And because they like came out so quickly, like in the writing and in the production and and then the way we put them together in the end, and then the way they were received. Like, it just is very clear to me what those are, and I, I think it's really... But, like, remember, like, like, the Isha story? That was very labored, and a lot of people really liked the... Well, I'm not talking about, like, what people like. I'm just saying, you know, the, <laughs> no, ones, the that, ones that... actually did strike a chord. Like, sure, that one sure. we labored over, we talked to people, we went back and over and draft and draft and draft, mm-hmm. and, you know, like... I, I feel like it is a, it's a mix. Cossum came out very easily. Well, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. It was like, I love that Cossum episode so much. And also Matilda, which is the that one. That came out very easily. With, Rachel came out very Yeah, those easily. three, I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. Like, those were cool. And, like, it felt like it when we were making them. Well, you know? Matilda's an interesting one, too, because that's the one where, like, the guy front really becomes more of a central character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's interesting to hear you point to that one as one that came pretty easily. Yeah, it did. Well, just because the truth, it's that one, those seem just true. And we were also like doing those things in real time. I mean, yeah. that was our niece. That was and she was there and she us. was visiting us for that amount of time. And the whole time we were with her, we were like working. And <laughs> she was, and we were literally promising her we were going to go to like the Cake Boss cake place so she could get a piece of cake because she was obsessed with Cake Boss. And then it never happened. Like, we were totally the same. It was so meta. Like, we were, yeah, yeah, we'll do these things. And then like, we were gonna didn't see do that. And, yeah, and, and then it was sold out. Tickets. And yeah, it, it, that was when it was in theaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that that one just felt very like immediate and and real, like us on the, <laughs> the air train. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 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 So yeah. Um. So oh shoot, I totally blanked what I was going to ask. It was a good question too. It was a really I good question. Come back to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got I've got one just kind of connected to you know how you explore all this stuff um as like creators so obviously you're you're 
doing a lot of different things and you're creative kind of constantly and you're forced to be creative in that sense. But do you start thinking about things like, um, you know, as an actor, I want to write something, I want to create something that'll push me to a new area and I can explore that? Or are you just kind of working with the ideas because they're the ideas? Like, do you think of it from a, uh, like, I want to advance myself artistically, I guess, kind of perspective if you're trying to come up with something elaborate or something different? Or, or is it just more grounded in, you know, this is what the show is and this is what I think works and this is where they stem from? Good question. I mean, it's a combo, no? Yeah. Yeah. I think after this season, I realized that I subconsciously wanted to be in a romantic situation mm. on camera. I think when all was said and done, I was like, oh, I must have wanted to do that. <laughs> because I didn't feel good about putting that very predictable third season trope into the show where it's like, okay, we're running out of things to do with this main character. Let's give him a love interest or whatever. I thought that seemed a little horrible, but like... Well, yeah, definitely that that was a feeling that we struggled with. But then there was also like the the fact that, you know, people did want to know like about this guy's personal life and it was kind of weird to never really see any evidence of it. Like he seemed kind of neutered even in the way we treated him with his last you know, with the Beth character, like, they were never, like, really physical or anything, and that's kind of weird. I don't, I don't know, I just think it's kind of weird for a show that's so openly, like, sexual and and just, yeah, just sort of open about so many other things and so intimate. It's like, well, why not with this dude? Like, he's our dude. <laughs> like, why aren't we, like, giving him some, a personal life? It is like event? meeting a person, becoming friends with them. At first, you like them, and you see the idealized version of them. Then their guard comes down a little bit, and you start to empathize with them, and they're showing not their best foot. And then third time, you're just, like, hoping they get through whatever they're going through, and, and you just root for them. I hopefully, hopefully, that's how people feel with him. Yeah, but also thinking about what you've asked about, you know, our approach to the writing, I think a lot of, I think we, because of how we've come up in this business and in this process, I think we write with sort of a producerial mind a lot of times, and that does affect the the things that we're, the stories that we're telling, because we are always so uh, aware, for better or worse, of like what we're able to do, because we're still a pretty low budget show, Right. so there are so there's actually more limitations now than there were as a web series because we really did just kind of do whatever back then and then figure sort it out later sort of a thing and and now everything has to be so above board and you know it's just there's more on the line and it's you know it's one thing to ask someone a favor like hey can we use this thing for free for you know but the second you have money behind you like there's the there's never an amount that's like satisfactory really you know so yeah i, I remember what my question was uh, oh yes, yes. which uh, i'm very excited well it ties in perfectly with what we were kind of talking about which is in terms of the writing process uh but also in terms of the fact that season three you know you do have this exciting new brit lower character um and i was you know like to kind of get to the specifics of the writing process like at what point were you guys like, you know, you, you said you said kind of subconsciously you thought the idea of doing having having this having this relationship as an undercurrent of season three was almost subconscious, but when did the idea actually start getting written into episodes? I mean, that was the, that was in our writers' room. That, that I mean, yes. it, it was a very conscious thing, and I think it was always. I don't know to that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we thought she was going to be in so many episodes when we first had that idea. I think we liked the idea of giving the guy like 
a, a little romance at the top of the season. But I don't know that we... We did not know how it was going to pan out or no, that it would be yeah. so many episodes until we had sort of written more stories and then it kind of came together. I think we, like, had this idea of, like, a, a brush with a potential different kind of life in the first episode. We knew we wanted to do that. And then I think we had another character that we were like, oh, let's make that character the same. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then that, then that process deepened then. And then by the time we had that, we needed to kind of finish what we had started. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's also, it, you know, it, it's so annoying and uh, it's so annoying sometimes just to be like, oh, and then you have to talk about me too. But the character also adds an interesting d dynamic to that, you know, to that ongoing issue, which is, you know, you know, we find out in that episode what happened and why she's looking for a divorce. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when did, when did that, is that, when you're saying like you had the idea for the separate character, is that, was that basically the connecting? Yes, that we had another character written for a, a mid-season episode and she was kind of, she was this person who was very, you know, walk, be, being very solitary and seemed depressed and you were kind of wondering the whole time like what's her deal through, you know, watching her do all these things and then like the reveal was, oh, because she's married to this guy who, you know, is part of, is a Me Too perpetrator. Yeah. That discovery was made while production was happening. Like, yeah, once we, we yeah, once we got going it, and that episode was still under construction and we, that, if that was the one that eventually became Breathwork, we lost um, access to an actor that was sort of a key piece of the equation, you know, there's this domino of events happening, but yeah, I think one day I came in to the conclusion that that would be just a great layer to put on a already existing character, mm -hmm. and then luckily, that you agreed, <laughs> and, and it came out cool. Well, back to the casting question: uh, was it, was it a situation where you saw a number of actors for for the character, or yeah. uh, <laughs> we did, but we were going with an actor, and then they couldn't be with us the Friday before we were shooting on Monday. Oh, oh wow, yeah. But then it was one of those things where we were like, wait, but isn't it just, it's Brit. Like, she's someone that we all knew and have known for some years, and, you know, but you're friends with her, and I don't know, it was just, it was kind of felt, it was like one of those duh moments after the fact where we were like, wait, she is kind of similar to the way we've envisioned this person. Yes. <laughs> I was very lucky. All those uh, last-minute decisions that actually should were our first decisions and then get kind of buried under the choices that we want to exercise, you know, the first thing was off. off well, uh, yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. But sometimes it's just part yeah. of the process. You like chase time. down these other cul de sac I call yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun term. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, looking forward, you know, I don't know, if, I, don't, I don't believe four seasons been greenlit. Uh, do you, is this one, a situation where, you know, you get the green light and then you, that's when you start thinking of stories? Or? No, I, mean, I think we're always thinking of stories. We're, we've both been, you know, we have a, a stock of them, a stockpile, and I'm continuing to think ahead just because, you know, if it's not, if it's not this, if we don't get greenlit, like we've said, you know, our, our show is such that... Um, I feel like any story that you're thinking about for high maintenance can go somewhere else. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not, you know, specific to like this core cast of characters that we have. So mm -hmm. there's never any wasted ideas. Yeah. No, I, the, there's tons of unused ideas. Just so many. And often what happens with our writing process is we'll 
uh, think a lot about a, going a certain way, and then we'll try to break the story, and we'll be like, ah, fuck it, and give up, <laughs> and then we'll throw it away, and then it like will two be, years later, come and back then two it. years later, now it will come back, and like be just a little part of a very intricate other mess of, yeah, of things of that detail. we've done the same thing with. And they all seem like very thought out because they have been, but they've just been like tossed aside for a bit. It's a mix of that and then like, oh shit, we gotta write something really fast. <laughs> it's <laughs> honestly a Bra- Brad's work was written the same way that the episode Goals was written with the dance marathon, which were basically uh, metaphors for the craziness that we were feeling while making that show and feeling exhausted. I know, that always makes like, me what feel show. like such a cliche that when we do that, where I'm just like, you know, like when we wrote like Rachel and he's like procrastinating on his writing and we were like, writing that FX pilot. I don't know. It's we just were procrastinating. It we feels like, like a cliche go. for like a writer to be like, you know, self-referential in that way. But it's just I still available. do like the result. It's just right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that's really cool about breathwork too is like I love the kind of matter-of-fact way that you have this, you know, you have this film crew and it's just the representation, you know, in, in you know, pictured there is just very matter-of-fact. Um, like oh, I love yeah. the the black the black female uh, DP that sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, no for sure. Shannon uh, Shannon O'Neill also plays the AD on the other two. And oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she plays she plays the and also she played it in uh, an episode of Difficult People. Oh yeah, we didn't even know that when yeah. we brought her back and said you're gonna be this. Like yeah. I had no idea. So funny. What she, an unexpected bit of typecasting. Yeah, yeah. very <laughs> specific. Yeah, very very dialed in. Yeah, if you haven't heard Difficult People episode is amazing because it's also the episode. It's also the Woody Allen episode. Oh, so there's, what? There's, That's so weird. Yeah. So there's literally a part where she's like, "Oh God, Woody's Woody's fallen fallen asleep again somewhere. We gotta find him." And she's like doing like, you know. You know, pig calls like Zuri. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. funny. Yes. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, well, just to to ramp up a little bit, at least on my end. Um, to to start, you said when you when you're constructing the season that you started thinking of tones, kind of first and foremost. Um, I'm very curious what you like. If there is a a singular tone or a standout tone for season three, what that is, and then also just. As we get ready for the season to end, and as people kind of wrap it up out there watching, is there anything you just hope they take away with overall? Like anything you were like, man, I really hope season three kind of imparts this to our audience uh, when it's all said and done. I think, like, for instance, I know that the episode two, Craig, Mm -hmm. was the kernel of an idea was let's try to do a thriller episode like an episode that's kind of a thriller mm-hmm. and then that was like from the most basic obvious idea of what that could be got tossed around and morphed into what you saw which was just something that was kind of uncomfortable what? and scary in a, an un, uncertain way yeah mm-hmm. it was just more like we we applied that to a script that otherwise I mean it could have had a really different tone it yeah. was a cool choice I think yeah. for you to make it Thriller. Yeah, but in terms of the whole season, I think death was a big topic, mm-hmm. and I think I'd like people walking away acknowledging that they're going to die eventually soon, and that your experience on this earth right now is it. Like, it's very important to... The most important thing is to remember the most important thing, and whatever that is for you, that you, you go for it. 
And I think, yeah, connectivity, I think, was an element that there was a lot of in our season this year. I think there's just a lot of connectivity of themes and people and or just characters, and especially in that Breathwork episode. I personally uh, am a fan of that message of just, like, the interconnectivity of all of us and wanting people to, to watch our show and, and feel seen, you know, and feel that we're all connected and that we, I, I don't know, just that they're not alone. <laughs> you know, you are not alone, I think, is what I want someone to feel when they watch the show. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. That's great, yeah. Um, I do want to ask one last thing, even though that, was a, that would be a really great note to end off, and I'm not just saying that because you brought up death, which you can is always Ben's it. favorite yeah, you can topic. Rearrange it. It is my favorite topic. <laughs> yes, Ben loves to talk about death. It's uh, important. But actually, in terms of in terms of one of the things I really enjoy about the show, especially given the way structure, way timing wise things have worked out, is it seems like you tend to shoot in the summer and then, yeah, and then perennial you're, summer. Yeah, and then you're so you're shooting in the summer as you get this beautiful like New York summer on screen, and then it airs right now when even like in LA it's been you know gray and gloomy for a couple mm-hmm. weeks now, and like so it's it's been like it, do you feel like that's an essential part of the show like having that no that's production that's just schedules. yeah that's just that's because of when that. we have to deliver and when we are scheduled to air i personally would love to get you some winter i don't really want to shoot outside in the winter but i'd love to i wish we could have more seasonal seasonal representation yeah you know they, the audience will never see this but when we brought up death, Ben smiled a little bit. Like, <laughs> the corners of his mouth went up, and a little bit like he was he was peaked. His no, interest was no peaked. it comes up a little bit too yeah. often on this show, probably. But I I just want you know Liz to have a healthy yeah, you know relationship with this, and I feel like she's a little nervous about it. Yeah. So, so Ben's solution is to constantly remind me that I'm going to die. Yeah. Well, not so. just you, everyone. We're all. <laughs> yeah. Die. See, just, do you ever have that app? Oh, I have an app called We Croak. Yeah. I times, talked about this app. Yeah. Five times a day it reminds you you're going to die with like a little quote. Yeah. I sent that to a group of my friends saying like, I think this is great. And they were like, you don't need it though. Like, no. Yeah. You're you not don't the need the reminder. I, you're aware. You're but, the app. You know, maybe we'll download it. And I don't need it because I work in the office. With Probably. Yeah. I am the app for Liz. But otherwise, yeah. yeah. yeah I think that's, I, I, I think Wired wrote an article about it even or somebody did. And I thought it was a really good explanation of kind of the, the value of it. But uh, anyway, uh, I, couldn't agree more about the, the importance of that and how well that's incorporated into the season so far. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. great. Thanks. Y'all. No, it's been great. And but to to wrap to wrap things up officially, uh, we do need to know that. So we're gonna start off with best things. We're all gonna say, what was the best thing you watched last week or recently? I just finally caught up on and watched Killing Eve. Oh, oh yeah, and it was such a treat. And yeah, I'm. I was fully obsessed and actually now have that feeling of sadness of like, oh man, I'm jealous of anyone that hasn't watched yet because it was such a like fun ride. Yeah, at least you did it right before, pretty close to when season two is coming, yes. so you won't have to wait too long. But yeah, it's, that's hard when it's, yeah. when it's over. So I'm looking forward to that. I think the other two is the best thing I've seen recently. It just really fills in a, a, a comedy slot right now that ha- is perfectly evacuate evacuated by like you know broad city is coming up like on its end and it's just it's that tight comedy that is going to be around for i think hopefully 
many years because yeah. it's so funny. It really yeah. is. Yeah, I've, I other two is definitely like a show I've been. I was so pleasantly surprised by. It. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't know anything about it going in when I was first watching it, and it was such a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes. Everyone um, loves Pen Fifteen, and I'll watch it soon. I promise. That's a good next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, good, it's a very good, next good next thing to put on the list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben, what's the best thing you saw? Uh, the best thing I've seen lately is Better Things. I love, absolutely adore Pamela Elon's first two seasons, but the third season, it just keeps getting better. And like the way they experiment with storytelling and kind of constructing things with, um, they're not random, they're, they're well-themed, but they kind of surprise you in how they connect together, like little vignettes of, of her life and her daughter's lives. Um, so I just, I really love what, what she did with the third season, and I mean, she's, she directed every episode, and, uh, cool. like, it's just, it's, it's a pretty impressive feat, and that comes out Thursday, I think it premieres Thursday, so, uh, Thursday, Thursday as we record this. Yeah, as we record, sorry, yes. but, uh, but yeah, it's, that's been the best thing. Liz, what about you? What's your best thing? Well, I, honestly, I was gonna maybe say better things, uh, cause I, I kind of accident, we, we, they gave, they gave, they gave us screeners, uh, and, uh, they, for, like, First eight, for the first eight episodes, and I kind of accidentally ended up watching them all already. Yeah. It's like I hate, I hate, and I, I, I love me having that opportunity. I kind of hate like gobbling it down too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I may, I may, I may actually make myself go back and rewatch a little more slowly. Pre- mm-hmm. Appreciate things like Susan Stern, not Susan Sarandon, uh, Sharon Stone has a it plays it plays a supporting role in an episode. Yeah. There's an episode where Sharon Stone shows up with a monkey. So like they're in a kitchen. There's a <laughs> monkey. There's Sharon Stone, and then like everything else is just happening as normal, and that's pretty strange. Yeah, so. it's it's a it's a lot. Um, so you guys kind of talked about the next thing you're looking forward to. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? I'm looking forward to the L Word reboot. I know it's really far away, but I'm like mm-hmm. kind of dying to know like how do they carry on? Like what what are they deciding happens next to these people? Yeah, it'll be interest it'll be interesting for sure, especially the way they've talked about like kind of erasing the, the sixth season yeah, entirely. I know. Uh yeah, I I I think I think that one's gonna be really fun to track. Yeah. Uh how about you, Ben? I mean, I already said I'm looking forward to watching Pen 15, but, you know, it's it's very cliche, but that Atlanta show is just so damn good. I It's really, nothing has ever made me feel like that on TV before, so I want to see what happens with that. It's, it's interesting to hear you guys talk about it, just because, like, I feel like, I feel like we're in this. It's a really. I feel like creators are, you know, getting more and more opportunities to like be like, oh, that what they did was so cool, and like, you know, it feels like there's not influences necessarily, but it feels like there's a conversation happening between a lot of the shows like this. For sure. Um, so Ben, do you yeah, have the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, I'm gonna. I'm hoping I can get a chance to review this because I really liked season one, and I, I know a lot of people didn't. But I'm looking forward to AP Bio coming back. I feel like it's one of the oh. rare network is comedies. It is. He produced yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, watched it. Oh, I can't think of the showrunner right now. And that's gonna uh, be Michael Bryan. That yep, yeah, Michael Bryan. Oh. Um, and it stars uh, Patton Oswalt and Glenn Howerton. And honestly, the kids that they cast are really, really good. But it's it's just a very efficient and kind of fierce bit of funny for 22 minutes every week that works like it just it it found a way to make that premise um last a lot longer than i thought it could going in so um i'm very much looking forward to season two i haven't watched it yet but uh i think i hope it's it should still be as good as as it was so yeah uh liz what are you looking forward to next um i'm gonna just this is more of it honestly just a mental note to myself that uh amc gave us an entire season the, the entire rest of the season of uh into the badlands 
which is their bonkers. Uh, it's, a, it's a little show, not a lot of people watch, but for those who do, it's full of bonkers uh, martial arts, and it's set in the post-apocalypse, and everyone wears really cool outfits. Um, I mean, it's, it's a very shallow description. It's a pretty, it's a really interesting show on a number of levels, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, and so I need to start watching those episodes so that I can be able to write about it. Um, yeah, and you'll be able to read all about that and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And make sure to listen to IndieWire's other podcasts, including uh, the Screen Talk podcast with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, as well as the great, the perfect, the wonderful Chris O'Fault's Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. If you guys haven't got a chance to meet Chris O'Fault while you're in New York, please make the time. You will yeah. enjoy yourself. He's a wonderful man. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he'll ask you every single question about like the the intricate details of how your show is made like the cameras you choose and the angles uh, and locations and the all of that so if you're you ever here to talk about it he'll dig right in yeah. yeah um and thank you of course to our special guests uh it the t- twitter handle for high maintenance is hm on on hbo and uh, remind me what the uh, instagram handle is at helping you maintain very cool. It's been such a pleasure to have you guys. High Maintenance is currently running on HBO at this Sundays at 10.30. That's right. Hooray. And uh, it's also available on HBO Go and HBO Now. You should definitely check it out there. Definitely go back and if you've only watched it on HBO, go back and find the, orig- the web series is listed separately on the HBO site. And it's definitely worth... But it's definitely worth checking out those episodes. They're all amazing. Thank, thank you. So thank you, guys. Thank you for all the support over the years and for having us here today. No, it's Thanks been, for coming in. Yeah. yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we will, ben, just Ben and I, tragically, we'll be back next week. Uh, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening at home. And in the meantime, keep watching television. Yeah.